chapter 17, He is Faithful. In the beginning of this book, we looked at the story of John the Baptist, specifically his journey with Jesus that led him to being beheaded. We reflected on the story within the backdrop of the story of Jesus healing the crowds. I stated at the beginning of this book that I would start it with a beheading story, the loss of my friend, but the book would finish with a Jesus heals them all story. Being a man of my word, I would now like to invite you into the story of how I met my wife. The events that led me to meeting my wife and our whole relationship is really a result of a lifestyle of surrendering. I heard it said once, I am not a perfect example, but I am a living one. My hope is that somehow through the story of my wife and I, you will feel encouraged and challenged to live a life fully surrendered to Jesus. Ever since I encountered God's love when I was 13, I have always had a deep longing to be married. I experienced a lot of traumatic and unfortunate circumstances growing up, but one of the things I have always been blessed with is an amazing family and parents. I think my desire for marriage really came from the way I saw my mom and dad love each other through all sorts of life circumstances, good and bad. Even though they did not have a perfect relationship, I think there was something significant for me in watching them go through life together. I dealt with a lot of insecurity growing up, and I had a deep sense of isolation and loneliness. That is why when I discovered that Jesus promised me he would never leave me or forsake me, everything changed for me. Despite experiencing this great love and commitment from God, I still desire to go through life with someone by my side. I remember especially in my early years with Jesus in high school, I would tell the Father I would do anything he wanted, go anywhere, say anything, and live for him no matter what the cost, but please don't let me do this alone. I never got a response from God when I prayed those prayers, but I definitely continued to pray them throughout my high school years with the hopes of finding the quote-unquote one. It wasn't until after my first year of university that I realized this deep desire I had was in fact something I needed to surrender. I remember having the real thought, what if I say the words I surrender and Jesus sends an angel to tell me I will be single for the rest of my life? That thought terrified me to the point that I refused to utter the words, I surrender relationships to you, Jesus. Again, I was willing in my heart to do anything for Jesus. I just was not willing to do it alone. Through that summer, I continued to pursue Jesus in private. He continued to whisper to me the word surrender. I couldn't do it. This happened for three months, and it wasn't until August that I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, it's time to surrender, son. When I heard those words, I picked up my longboard and I rode to the nearest forest to pray and to surrender to Jesus my desire to be in a relationship. I'll never forget that as I approached the trail I would normally walk on, I couldn't help but slow down. I would usually rush with excitement to my secret place beyond the trail, but today was a different day. I approached the trail and the specific bend I regularly turned off of with much hesitation. I almost turned back many times, terrified that God was going to send an angel to tell me I was called to singleness. If anyone would have been around, I would have definitely looked like a strange person in great distress. As I approached the turn and stepped off the trail, I began the conversation. I started by telling Jesus all the reasons why I needed to have a partner in my life. But as I continued to pray these thoughts, I realized how silly it all sounded. I mean, here I was, walking miracle, in love with Jesus. Someone who had learned to trust God with severe health issues, and literally my life. Yet now absolutely terrified to surrender my relationships to Jesus. I realized as I tried to convince God that I knew what was best for me, that this issue was really one about trust. 
Somewhere in my heart was a lie that Jesus wasn't worthy to be trusted with this area of my life. Retrospectively, I now see how that related back to the darkest lie I believed about God. I wrote a lot about that specific story in Beautifully Simple, but essentially I believe God had abandoned me ever since I was a young child, which stemmed from an incident that happened to me when I was 5 years old in a hospital room. Even with this lie being destroyed in the encounter I had with God at 13 years old, I still now see how it had crept into this deep longing for connection and intimacy that I had for a spouse. Even 10 years into saying yes to him, there was still a part of me in the forest that believed Jesus couldn't be trusted in this area of connection. With much hesitation and my eyes closed but opened ever so slightly, I uttered the words, Jesus, I surrender and I trust you with the desires to have a spouse. If you are calling me to be single, I will do it. Not with understanding, but with trust. Thankfully, to my surprise, there was no angel or answer, just silence. I then had the thought I now know was from the Holy Spirit. What would this woman be like if I met her? I then went on to describe a woman who was passionately in love with God. She would be frustrating to go on dates with in a city, because if there were people who seemed to be in distress, she wouldn't hesitate to jump into the mess. As I described this woman, I kept using the word firecracker. About five minutes of describing to my father the kind of woman I desired to be with, I felt a great sense of peace in my soul. This urgency that brought anxiety had been lifted, and I felt a strange sense of stillness. This was a familiar feeling for me, though normally it had been tied to surrendering the fact that I was still sick with my health problems, and I had not been healed by Jesus. Now that same peace and stillness came over me, but for a whole new reason. I left that forest in peace and with the genuine sense that I probably wouldn't meet this woman until I was much older and involved in some sort of ministry. A month later, I left home to go back to studying the Bible at university. During one of the first weeks back, I was grabbing a coffee at the local school cafe. As I went to put on the lid of my coffee, I glanced over towards the gym and there I saw her, a beautiful woman talking to one of the professors with such passion. I had never seen her before, but wow, she was a babe. I ended up taking a lot more time putting that lid on that coffee cup as I innocently watched this woman talk with that professor. She finished her conversation and walked right by me. She never noticed me, but man did I ever notice her. I remember having the thought in my head, God, could it be someone like that? A couple weeks went by, yet I hadn't seen the girl again. One night, my roommate looked at me and said, So there's this girl I have been thinking about that I think you should meet. I laughed and I said to him, Dude, you know I already surrendered this. I'm in no rush today and it's only week three of the school. He knew about the forest conversation I had with Jesus. He then said, No man, this girl's different. Listening to her is like listening to you go on one of your rants about God. She's really special. I was intrigued, so I told him to set me up. Within the next couple of days, he introduced me to this girl. The same girl I saw at the coffee shop. Needless to say, I was pretty curious at this point in the process. One thing led to another and we planned a time to go for a walk after dinner on the weekend. As I went for a walk, I was amazed with this passion of this woman as she was talking to me about God, poverty, the foster care system, and all sorts of other topics. We ended up getting super lost and we actually had our very first fight, even before dating. It was over directions, and it was definitely not going to be the last fight we would ever have about directions in our relationship. I'm not going to say who was right, which is another way of indirectly saying who was right. Even then, I genuinely had this thought, oh man, I am going to be fighting with and for this woman for the rest of my life. 
We ended up finding our way back and I walked her to her dorm room and then I went for another walk by myself to talk to God. In this conversation with God, I talked about how that was quite an interesting walk, both in a good and bad way. I remember asking God if this was supposed to go anywhere, and I felt him say, Don't touch her and don't flirt with her. I want you to get to know her. My first response was, That's crazy. How is she going to know I like her if I don't show her interest in that way? But because I surrendered to him months before this, I decided that if this was going to work out, it would have to be through his way and not my own. If you ask my wife about our first couple of months of getting to know each other, she would tell you it was very confusing. She never knew if I liked her or not, because every time she tried to flirt with me or even give me a hug when we saw each other, I would shut her down. This went on for a while until finally I felt the spirit say you can ask her if she would consider dating you. At this point in the relationship, I was thinking there's no way this girl is going to like me. I literally have been shutting her down consistently. But to my surprise, when I asked her if we could talk, she responded with, Finally, I have been waiting for you to have courage and to ask me out. Unfortunately, I had to tell her we couldn't date yet, but that I was also interested in her but needed more time to pray and to just get to know her. Now you have to realize that if this had happened two months ago, before I surrendered relationships, I would have jumped straight into it and most likely have made a mess of the whole thing. Because I had surrendered and trusted Jesus, I was able to have patience in a way I hadn't had before. About three weeks later, through a series of random events, I ended up having lunch downtown Toronto with this girl and a friend and my parents who were visiting me from Niagara. There wasn't really anything special about the meal. What was crazy to me was the text I got from my dad while I was traveling on the TTC heading back to the university. The text read, That Carolee, eh? She is quite the firecracker. I couldn't believe it. My dad used the same word I used in that forest without knowing that I used that word or that I was interested in her. I found out much later that my dad was telling my mom during that drive home that he thought for sure that I was going to be with Kara Lee. Essentially, after that moment, I decided to fast until I heard God give me an answer on whether I could be with her or not. On day four of the fast, God really convicted me and showed me a lot of the mess I still had in my heart. He warned me that I needed to date her differently than how I thought or how I saw other people date. I had the permission I was looking for, but I had a warning to go with it. We then started dating. We made lots of mistakes and did not have a perfect relationship. We still don't. But Kara Lee, Samantha Jean Pyatt, is by far the best thing that has ever happened to me outside of encountering the Father's amazing love through the Holy Spirit. Looking back at that summer of hesitation, I realized how silly it was not to trust God with this area of my life. Retrospectively, I had to surrender and trust God with so much more than just my singleness. But that is what's so awesome about this lifestyle of surrendering. Every moment that we choose to surrender both the big and the small, there is something deposited in us. This deposit allows us not only to endure through any circumstance, but it also prepares us for the next big or small thing that we are being asked to surrender. Sometimes it's helpful in this journey with Jesus to remember the mountains from yesterday in strengthening our faith and facing the ones we have in front of us. God doesn't change. He remains good and faithful. He is constantly saying yes to us and is inviting us to reply with the same. Even when we say no, he remains the same, for he cannot deny himself.